I am really excited about our episode today. This is a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while. It is what I call the marathon mindset and understanding that business is not a sprint. It's more of a marathon. When I think about that, it is because of all of the CEOs that I talk to when I'm having these conversations with them, it's all about how can I do this thing overnight? How can I become an instant success? One of the things that I like to tell people is, Overnight or instant success usually takes about 10 years. It's somewhere in that realm because the average person doesn't have all the skills, abilities, knowledge, everything they need right up front, but they're in business for themselves. You are an employee and now you are a business owner. You're trying to wrap your head around this business or you've been a business owner for a while and now you're trying to get in this brand new market and you don't realize that it's like starting from scratch in this particular market. There's an uphill battle. When I'm talking to business owners of any kind, whether you're brand new or you've been around and now you're just new to government, I always tell them, look, normal in government contracting, the normal amount of time it takes to be a success is somewhere between three and five years. That is what it takes for most people to win their first contract, three to five years. When you think about that, the goal is now to speed that up as much as possible, which is hopefully six to 12 months instead of three to five years. So out of the gate, number one on my list is understanding that this is a marathon and that normally it takes three to five years to win your contract. And we're hoping to reduce that so it only takes six to 12 months, but that is the norm. And if you go in understanding that it is a marathon and not a sprint, it's going to help you a lot. Are you going to hear cases of people that have come out of the gates and they've won their first contract in 90 days? Yep. You're going to hear those. What you're not going to hear usually is how long they were talking to that customer to prep that before they quit their job, started a company and got their contract. I have heard situations like this before. And when I sit down and I really dig into the backstory, like, yeah, we got our first contract in the first month of business, whatever. And I'll say, well, how long have you known that customer? Oh, well, I was working on site for them for 10 years. Okay, so they've developed a relationship with you over a decade. And how long have they been talking to you about you going out on your own? Well, we kind of talked a little bit here and there for like the last two, maybe three years. And then, you know, it was just kind of in passing here, there. And then I finally took it serious about a year ago and started gathering intelligence and this and that and kind of prepping myself so that when I came out of the gate, I'd be ready to rock and roll. Okay, so you didn't get this in the first 30 days. This took anywhere from one to three years, but on the surface, you're telling a story like you did it in 30 days. Not really the truth here. You know, there's a lot more to it. Technically, it did happen in the first 30 days of your business being formed, but don't discount the one to 10 years of you building a relationship with that person. Make sure you tell that to people so they understand. I'm always telling people that because people like, oh man, you could start this business and have a contract in 30 days. Yeah, probably not, at least not that way. And I can't tell you how often I'm talking to people and their employees, they're working for somebody and they say, hey, you know, this guy's been talking to me six months, a year. And finally I decided to jump and do it. And I got the one contract and then they got the one contract and then they can't figure out how to get another one because that one was just handed to them. And 
then it takes them three to five years to figure out how to do it again. That's why I say, look, this is a marathon. There's a lot that goes into prepping for that marathon to make sure you're successful, but understanding it that it is a marathon is key number one. Key number two here is to set clear milestones for your business. If you set clear milestones for your business, you're gonna know when you're on the right track and when you're starting to veer off. If you were in a car and you were trying to go from say New York to LA and you're seeing signs that are like, okay, now I'm getting close to Ohio, now close to Indiana. Now, hey, there's an exit here and I can go to Florida or I can go to St. Louis. Which one should I take? Well, I shouldn't take the Florida one, right? I need to keep going towards LA. But there are people that'll be like, oh, Florida, let's take the scenic route. You need to be able to see those little signs along the route to know that you're going the wrong direction. And you'll only do that if you have milestones. Like, hey, by the end of year one, we need to be at this revenue, have this many employees, be in this agency this way or in this many silos, whatever it is, there's milestones that you need in order to make sure you're on track. Now, here's the thing people don't talk about, about the milestones. The milestones are not just there to make sure you're on track. The milestones are also there to help manage your stress. If you are not quite thinking this is a marathon, but you're still thinking it's a bit of a sprint, you're going to be freaking out if you don't have milestones. If you're just like, oh, we want to be a $20 million company someday. Well, in order to get to 20 million, you got to get to a million first, right? And then you got to do 2 million and 3 million and so on. So if you don't have those milestones, you're going to be stressing out significantly about how you're reaching different areas of the business and the growth. And you're going to be looking at cash and all those kind of things. And the stress is just ridiculous. I see that for a lot of folks where they get in there and they're stressing out for no reason. I'm like, wait a minute, you're a 5 million dollar company. You personally as the CEO took home almost a half a million dollars last year. Why are you stressed out? Because we, you know, we need to be a $25 million company. We just don't have the time. And they start going down the rabbit hole. And I'm like, look, take a breath. Let's take a look back here. How are you running this? Is this a sprint or a marathon? Do you have clear goals and milestones? No, I don't have any. Guess what? It's a lot better that you're making a half a million dollars and you're doing the revenue you are now than when we were three years ago, right? Oh yeah, we're way better than where we are. Yeah, but you're not enjoying it because you're putting this stress on yourself for absolutely no reason. I see that a lot in this business. Those milestones are there to help manage your stress, not just make sure you're on the right track. Did you know we have our own government contracting community? It's called Federal Access. And inside Federal Access, you have all the tools, tips, strategies, documents, templates, everything you're ever gonna need to be a government contractor. But you also get brought into our ecosystem. You get into our private LinkedIn group and you get into our live events and all that kind of thing when you become a member of Federal Access. To learn more, go to federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. Another thing that's also really good about helping manage your stress is having metrics, very clear metrics, the daily, weekly, monthly metrics, not just your big milestones, which some people will call goals, not just having those goals and milestones, but the daily, weekly, monthly metrics, things like the number of calls and emails, number of RFIs, sources sought, RFPs, number of teaming partner discussions, number of contracting officer discussions, all those little daily, weekly, monthly metrics to make sure that you know, hey, we're doing enough volume of activity in order to hit our milestones. Because you can look at those metrics and go, man, we haven't made any phone calls this week. Hey, we haven't submitted an RFI or an RFP in three months. There's no way we can actually win a contract without submitting something. And look, I know somebody's is yelling at their iPod or whatever right now saying, 
Like some people, if you get on the radar, they will just award you a contract. That does happen, but it's not going to happen if you're not making phone calls. It's not going to happen if you're not responding to things. It's just not going to happen. There's a level of activity you have to generate in order to win. And that's the metrics that you need to be measuring. And again, those all help manage your stress level. Another thing is to have plenty of cash available. When you are in a marathon, you need cash. When you start your business, you should have somewhere in the neighborhood of six to 12 months of operating expenses available. You need to be able to cover all your costs and all those kind of things. You need cash in order to survive a marathon. One of the challenges that I see a lot of times with people is they have the six to 12 months of cash. And then they're like, you know what? We're going to hire somebody that's not in our budget because that's going to accelerate things. And we're going to buy this thing that's not in our budget because that's going to accelerate things. I really want to hire this other person too, because that might make things faster. And now your six to 12 months of cash has gone down to three months. Three months in, you're like, we're in trouble. We're in a lot of trouble because we haven't budgeted for this. You've got to be really good at managing that cash, saying no to things that you want to say yes to and saying yes to the right things. Like, hey, I did just find this one employee. They aren't in the budget, but this person has a track record of sales with our agency, selling the things that we sell. I've worked with this person. I've got a great relationship. I know if they come over, it's only three months or less and this person's going to have us rocking and rolling. That's a very different decision, then, hey, I was at a conference, ran into somebody who told me they could do sales and it sounds really good. Man, I'm just really itching to do that because I don't like sales. That's a very different discussion. Or, hey, you know what? I don't need a new computer, but I really want a new computer. I don't want to just pay $1,000 for something I'm going to need to replace in a couple of years. I'm going to spend $2,500, $3,500 on a really good computer that I'm not going to have to replace for five, six, 10 years, whatever it is, right? And you just start negotiating with yourself to spend money that you really don't have. And so cash management, having plenty of cash, that will see you through on the marathon. The next one here is focusing on small, quick wins to build momentum. My partner, Josh Frank, says this all the time. It's not about the money. It's about the money. Keeping the lights on is really important. And guess what you can do? You can keep the lights on with small contracts. Everybody's wanting to hit these home runs. And I'm always telling them, look, focus on these small contracts. Focus on stuff under 250K that doesn't require a whole list of past performance. Focus on stuff that's an easy win for you that'll get your foot in the door and then go to the next level. Get a $50,000 contract, then a $100,000 contract, then a 250K, then a half a million. This a million. Build yourself up, but get some small wins. Put that cash in your pocket so that you're taking care of all your things. You're stretching out your cash reserves. Those go farther. And now you have that breathing room. But the bigger thing is psychologically, success kind of breeds success. You go and you get some wins and now you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go get another one. And I'm going to go get another one. I'm going to go get another one. It's the same thing when you're doing sales and you sign a contract and then you sign a second contract. You're like, okay, let's go get a third one and a fourth one. You just get in this mentality because when you're not winning, you have this mentality of being in the desert where you're like, I don't know where my next drink of water is going to come. I don't know where my next sale is going to come from. And that's what's going through your head. So you've got to break that and you do it by getting small wins. One of the things that you should be focusing on with those small wins is your relationships with what I call influencers, not social media influencers, but 
put your your PMs, your project managers, your program managers, your contracting officers, small business reps. Those are all small wins that lead to momentum and people giving you contracts at some point. You being awarded this stuff because you're building those relationships. You're talking to them all the time. You know what's on their radar. They know your capabilities and boom, you get a contract. Boom, you get a contract. Those are often overlooked little things, the small wins and the relationships. Focus on that. Third thing that I would throw in that bucket there for some quick wins is don't underestimate getting some commercial contracts. Commercial contracts are often much easier to negotiate. They're faster than government contracts, but you're not going to see protests and all that kind of garbage and stuff like that. Typically, if somebody pulls the trigger on a commercial contract, they want you to start work right away. And the government doesn't always do that, you know, especially in Q4, government wants to pull the trigger on a contract and get it done so that the money is allocated, but then you don't start work for four months sometimes. Commercial contracts are a great way to put some of that cash in the bank and extend the life of the business. Another one here is to focus on one niche product or service and no more than three agencies. Again, can't tell you how often I sit down and I look at a small company that doesn't have any wins and they're focused on six agencies and they're trying to learn six agencies and they're focused on 12 to 15 different product and service lines. You've got to focus. Who's your customer and what do you sell them? If your answer to those two questions takes you 15 minutes and at the end of it, I'm confused, you are not going to sell anything anytime soon. You need to have one specific product or service, one specific agency that you are targeting out of the gate initially, no more than three. This is why we say no more than three. Depending on what you sell, the time of the year you get in the business, the time you start responding to different things, say your number one agency may not have opportunities that are ready for you or just not coming out yet. That's why you have a second and a third option where you can be checking in with them because maybe this time of year is when they do their buy or there's enough opportunity. Again, depending on what you sell, depending on what your restrictions are, maybe you're restricted to a certain geography. And if that's a situation, you've got to open up that filter a little bit so that you can have the option or the opportunity for more contracts. And it doesn't happen if you're too laser focused on the agency side of it. So that's where sometimes you have to expand the agency piece of it. Focus is really, really important on product or service and the amount of agencies you're going after. The next one here is your infrastructure and your processes. Understanding this is a marathon, you have to document how you do business. You have to look at the tools, the systems, the equipments, the vendors, your partners, your lines of credit, all those things that help you operate. You have to look at certifications and procurement readiness, all of these things, because as you grow, all of those things get more complicated. When you start out, you don't necessarily have to have anything documented. It be all in your head because you're probably a one-man band. It's just you, just you and your business. And that's okay. But as you put a second person in your business, a third person in your business, a fourth person, that 25th person, things need to be documented. You need to have the right tools in place. You need to have a system for onboarding an employee so that they don't show up to work and you're like, what, what do I do? And the employee's like, I don't know. How do you bring me in? Do I have a computer? Do I have a desk? Do I have business cards? They start asking questions and you're like, uh, no, we haven't done any of that. There needs to be somebody on the team that makes sure they're set up. So when they show up to work, you know, they can be like, Hey, here's your workstation. 
here's where you're going to be working. Or if they're working from home, hey, before your first day, we're going to send you a computer and you'll have all your logins and all your stuff and all those kind of things. There's nothing more frustrating to an employee than showing up on the first day of work and they're like, hey, we got a bunch of HR stuff to take care of. And that's probably going to take three or four hours. And then I'll probably just send you home because you know we don't have your desk yet. We don't have a computer yet. Uh, you're not set up in the email system. And they're like, what is wrong with you? You know, I mean, I'm fine to go home and just get paid for the day, but what's wrong with these people? That's what they're thinking. I have worked in a lot of companies and that is so refreshing when you show up. Your laptop is not just sitting there in the desk. It's set up. It's already on. It's logged into your stuff. Your information is right there. Somebody comes in and says, hey, you know, we got some training stuff we're going to do today. We're going to show you how to get into your laptop. We're going to show you how to do this, show you how to do that. We're going to hit the ground running. You feel good about where you're working when you hit the ground running. And the same thing is when it's using a system or different equipment or vendors that you need. As you grow, you don't have time to say, well, hey, we want to sell power strips. Do we have a vendor that does that? No, let's spend the next week or two finding vendors, vetting them, looking at pricing, negotiating all that. Because there's an RFP that is out on Friday. Uh, we're probably going to miss that one, you know, because we don't have the vendor lined up. Those are things that happen to people all the time. You want to make sure all of these things are done. Your systems, your documentation. I call this infrastructure. I kind of put it all under that umbrella of infrastructure because as you grow, you need to move fast. You need to have those things in place. The next thing here, when you're in a marathon, one of the best things you can do I've kind of talked about this a little bit here is always putting opportunities in your pipeline, always adding something to that pipeline because money cures a lot of problems and look growth. It consumes cash like nothing else. In fact, that's my favorite saying from one of the podcasts we did years ago about the SAME organization with Mario Burgos. He told that to me. He was like, "My, you know, he's running a $100 million plus organization. He's like, growth consumes cash. Growth consumes cash. And when you understand that, you understand how important it is to constantly be adding opportunities that you have a good chance of winning. Let me add that. Adding opportunities that you have a good chance of winning. Keep adding those to your pipeline because it's so important for you to grow the business. Keep doing that or else at some point in the marathon, you'll run out of money. You'll run out of energy. So keep adding opportunities to your pipeline. Well, the last thing I'll say here is I really think it's super important. And this is going to sound a little self-serving, but I will tell you this. It doesn't have to be me. Review your progress with a mentor or coach on a monthly basis. Somebody, it doesn't have to be me. It could be a mentor. It doesn't have to be a paid coach or something like that. Review where you are and where you're going with somebody on a regular basis. Because again, if you are running your first marathon, you need to be like, hey, I started hitting these cramps in mile five. And how do you work through that? see water stations all over the place. Should I drink that? When should I drink that? How much should I drink? You need to be asking questions of people who've run the marathon before you. Hey, you know, here's a problem I hit in month six. Here's a problem I hit in month 12. Hey, I'm onboarding a new employee. Hey, I'm onboarding salespeople. Hey, I think I need a CFO, but I'm not really sure. There's questions you need to ask and you need to bounce that off of people who've done this before. They've already run marathons. They've helped coach other people through marathons and you need to be able to do that. You need to build benefit of their wisdom as you're growing your business. I hope this episode was insightful for you today. There are a string of these recent episodes that I've been doing that are all kind of in the same vein of a little bit less traditional type of GovCon specific topic and more just business basics I think are just really, really important. If you're listening to this episode, you may want to go back and listen to like the last three to five episodes that were just me because they are really focused on this type of content. There was one I did on strategic hires. That one's a really good one. A strategic 
Magic Hires. That was episode 262. I did one on seven underappreciated skills, 266. One on opportunity intelligence gathering, 268. That was a really good one. Then this one is the marathon mindset. Really good stuff, really simple stuff, practical things that you can apply to your business. If you have any questions, as always, reach out anytime. Love to chat with you on LinkedIn or via email, and we'll see you next time. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.